Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the technology editor of The Irish and Sunny Independent. And today I'm delighted to say that we have... A proper media star in the studio, James Cavanagh. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you for calling me a media star. <laughs> James is, as many of you will know, is one of the best known breakout media figures in Ireland on some of the most used platforms now, Snapchat and Instagram. And I think you also recently broke into TV, did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's with that's the companion show to Ireland's Got Talent. Yeah, it? it's called Ireland's Got More Talent um, on TV3. So I co-presented that with Glenda Gilson mm-hmm. <coughs> from Expose. Um, mm-hmm. But that all came about because of social media, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Now, and your transition, because we're going to talk about a few things today, mainly around media and, and how the, the, the platforms work for you. But your transition to that came about... Uh, via you had a lot of exposure to the media industry via public relations, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and then what happened next? <laughs> yeah, so I worked in PR for about six years, mm-hmm. um, and then I started to hop on Snapchat. Uh, everyone was using it, and at the time, everyone was kind of using it as a, an extension to Tinder or dating apps. Mm-hmm. They kind of they were using it to kind of send their bits and bobs to each other, kind of dirty pics. Yeah. Um, so when I got on it, that's all I knew it as. And then um, it kind of, there was a shift and then people started to use it like as a daily vlogging kind of platform. And that's when I kind of hopped on it. Um, and I started to kind of just snapchat my life. I was scaring my boyfriend loads. Yeah. And that's, that was... You were, you were kind of creeping up behind him, weren't you? And, and just like screaming William. Yeah, yeah, I was screaming William at him. And I'd kind of go behind doors and and, and like creep, creep from everywhere. Um, and that's actually what got me the following. People uh-huh. were like, oh, follow that guy. He's funny. He scares yeah. his boyfriend. And then uh, Alex Zane from RudeTube in the UK uh, came over and filmed a little interview with us. And then from there, it, it, the following just kept going, I guess. Mm. Um, but I guess, yeah, like the, the whole PR background definitely helped me kind of make a narrative in a way because um, me and William started a food brand Curabini together mm-hmm. and um, I think the background in Pure really helped mm-hmm. uh, like storytell because that's all you know that's kind of the crux of I think setting up a brand and stuff is it's storytelling mm-hmm. and kind of uh, making up the kind of background and, and that kind of thing so um, it all fed into each other for sure yeah what, what, how do you uh, assess the media at the moment in terms of like we're sitting in the studio of a newspaper legacy media Mm. and you know there's tv station kind of down the road and then there there are these there's there's snapchat and instagram and and other platforms in which you have come closer to mastering in a short time than than a lot of 
you know, traditional uh, uh, media uh, type people. H- how do you see the the difference between those platforms? Well, I like I I've never been on board with people who say print is dead and digital is the way forward and this is happening and th- because like from experience, uh, like for example, me and William were on um, RT Taste of Success, um, and. When I'm going going around town doing my bits or whatever, the people who kind of come up come up to me and like ask for a selfie or ask for a picture are generally like young girls, kind of age sixteen to eighteen or twenty five or whatever. When we were on Taste of Success, uh, I seen a different type of people come up. It was kind of people maybe age forty to yep. to fifty, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then if we got a piece and say um the independent or mm. whatever uh for a food fair we were going mm. to we'd see a different type of customer come up to us okay. then so mm. i think every sort of platform has an important role to play mm. and if you're to kind of um you know if you want to make a name for yourself or you want to make your your product famous or whatever it's so important to figure out which platforms you should be on because say if we were doing a food market there'd be kind of girls that would come in that follow me on Snapchat, they want to get a picture and then they kind of go. But the people who read about us in the article in The Independent mm. would buy the food then. They come in as much for the product. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, in my eyes, the media landscape, every there's a purpose for everyone. It's mm. just about kind of figuring out where you are and maybe it's about reducing kind of um, your print and upping the digital or mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, and even when people say TV is dead and it's all about on demand, like from hosting got talent again I saw a different type of consumer or a person approach me then on the mm. street so I that's I know people will throw statistics at me or whatever but I can see from experience that everyone has a kind of important role to play and how, how do you think it's going to play out in the next couple of years given that you, you do have a fairly unique spot and vantage point in terms of a lot of these uh, platforms and a lot of different media what, what do you think is going to happen uh, uh, do you think that uh, there's going to be increasing competition between those platforms? Can you see the the further rise of some rather than others? Yeah. For example, I started, Snapchat was my kind of main thing. My views are stagnating on Snapchat. Really? It's kind of going down, to be honest. Instagram is like rising rapidly. Um, Mark Zuckerberg tried to buy uh, Snapchat, Snapchat, as you know, mm. um, and I think when they said no, he maybe wanted to destroy Just them. Decided, yeah, we're going to copy what you have anyway. Yeah, yeah, so you know, Instagram Stories come out, which mm-hmm. is pretty much the same as Snapchat, mm-hmm. um, and people were like, it's not going to work. Now I'm Insta storying way more, um, and really? I th- you have to kind of go with the crowd as well. I do, I just found my views were kind of dipping or whatever, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm less Snapchatting, more Instagramming. I think Instagram is 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 the the, the kind of be all at the moment. It, and is in, you talked earlier about uh, different uh, audiences? Is does Instagram? attract a more general across the ages uh, audience because there is still a view that Snapchat still largely is predominantly under 25. Um, it is. Is it? Yeah, yeah no, it fully is. Um, I, I know from the kind of messages I get and stuff, mm-hmm. they're kind of, they're from kids. Right. Um, whereas Instagram, it attracts um, kids and older people as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. You get a good cross, mm-hmm. multi-age kind of group that are on Instagram. Um, and the fact that, you know, I, I used to be on the uh, Snapchat app recording stories that would mm-hmm. then disappear after 24 hours. On Instagram, I'd be posting pictures. Mm-hmm. Now I can do both on 
on the one app. So it's like, you know, why wouldn't you just be on the one app? That's, so I, yeah. I see that's where it's kind of going. Mm. And that's interesting. Is there anything that Snapchat could do to try and uh, change that or move it on again? Or, or, or is it just their bad luck that, you know, Instagram happens to have all this functionality, you know, crammed into, in, into one app? Well, a big thing that they did that everyone hated, and even uh, uh, Kylie Jenner tweeted, uh, I, "I'm so over Snapchat or something," and their 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 the stock price went yeah, stock price went plummeted or whatever yeah. because they brought in um, a new layout that is just not it's not user friendly and it's it basically favors um, uh, I, I'm I'm not saying ads are bad but yeah. like um, people who pay for their stories okay. to be up there so MTV would be, you know, 10 steps ahead of the friends that you follow. Mm. Um, and I think with apps like that, people want to follow their friends. Mm. And that's why they're on it. They want to see what their friends and stuff are up to. So they're not really interested mm. in an MTV sponsored story. Whereas Instagram, um, th- uh, the stories are chronological, which mm. is was the beauty of Snapchat. Now they've completely lost that. And it's just littered with sponsored stories. I can't see where my friends are anymore. Um, and that's, it was a real friend to friend type app. Yeah. So I think that's what they've lost. And Instagram's kind of, I think, recognizing that and doing what Snapchat was doing a year ago. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I use, I don't really use Snapchat very much just because there are very few, I'm 44, so there are very few of my peers actually use um, yeah. Snapchat. I do use Instagram quite a bit uh, now. And when I do um, click on stories, I do see quite a lot of ads there, I have to say, every yeah. second or third or um, or fourth. Um, one thing about Insta stories is there's a thing, and this probably will seem weird to you, but there's a thing that stops me clicking on some of my friends' Insta, Insta stories. And that is this kind of weird thing that I, in one way, I sort of don't want them to think that I'm looking at their Insta stories. All <laughs> that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Almost. And that that's most acute, I think, for people who I might have met a couple of times or I might professionally know, uh, and I might happen to follow them on, you know, Instagram. But... Uh, I I don't really know them personally, and therefore, especially if, especially if it's like if it was a young woman, for example, you know, a, a colleague, I, I don't want her to think that I'm, you know, like looking at her stories all the time, lurking, or, lurking, yeah. or creeping. Do you know <laughs> I what I know, mean? Yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing. Because with with if you're lurking on someone's Instagram stories, they're gonna see you yeah. viewed it. Yeah. Whereas you can know, you can lurk at their pictures, but right. you can't lurk in their story. Right. And I I have some people who you know you kind of you hate follow in a way. Yeah, you right. kind of love Just, to be annoyed by them. Yeah, yeah. But then I have to stop myself. I'm like, oh no, they're gonna see I'm lurking on the story. But I don't yeah. follow them even. Right. Do you know right. that? Yeah. Do you know that way? Yeah. But speaking of other kind of platforms, like I'm mad about Twitter now, okay. and I wasn't necessarily like two years ago. And I think it's kind of having a little bit of a moment again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think people have kind of fatigue from like stories and mm-hmm. and filters and mm-hmm. and I think it, the beauty of Twitter is it's just you know words, maybe the odd picture or video, yep. but it, it's nice and instant and 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 there's a very strong news sensibility with Twitter as well. So a lot of people. People who use Twitter um, will use it for sports news, media, uh, yeah. uh, breaking stuff. Is is that why you That's kind of what I use it okay. for. Yeah. Like if I, you know, you hear, I don't know, David Bowie died. I'd yeah. go straight to Twitter or Facebook to, to verify it yeah. first. Mm-hmm. That's where you get your news from. Mm-hmm. You, you and, know. and for you personally, is that because talked about Snapchat and an age a generational thing there. For you personally, you're what, 28? 20, 28, yeah. 28. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that you're now 28 versus 24? 
five a couple of years ago that you, you is there any Possibly. change in your life that you're you know that you're more attracted to 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 news now not that you you weren't before do you know what when i first really got into it was the marriage referendum yeah. to me twitter is somewhere you go to join in a com- in a conversation mm-hmm. You know, you're watching the Late Late Show, something comes up, something gas happens or something, uh, you know, outrageous happens. You go into Twitter straight away That's and you follow the hashtag. Instant, yeah, yeah, inclusion in the conversation. Yeah, yep. it's where the conversation is happening. And with the marriage referendum, I remember going on it and having debates with people or, you know, friendly debates. Um, and especially with the repeal referendum mm-hmm. coming up, it's it's where you're seeing a kind of flavour of what the people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go, you know, you can follow the yes hashtag or the no hashtag and you can really get a sense of what people think and join in conversations. So how, that's how, how I treat Twitter. How do you find, just on, on the repeal referendum, do mm. you... Uh, I know quite a few people who avid Twitter users who either mute words in in relation to the repeal referendum, but maybe on the side that they're not uh, on or or maybe even for both sides because it kind of gets them down. They, yeah. like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of real anger and a lot of real, um, a lot of rage on both sides uh, yeah. going against each other. Do, 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 does that affect you at all? Do you, not really. Like I'm, I, it takes a lot to affect me and I kind of like knowing what the other side's doing right. in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm very much pro-choice but I, I, I like seeing w- what the other people's thoughts are and mm-hmm. I think that's important especially mm-hmm. if you want your side to win you kind of have to know how the enemy thinks I know they're not the enemy but no, like no, yeah, you have yeah. to know what they uh, think uh, and stuff and yeah. I think it's important to kind of hear mm-hmm. you know all sides so you can then formulate your argument better mm-hmm. um, but there is I think a lot of nastiness on the on and on, on, on misspreading of information on the no side and I think some th- there's some people out there just to troll that I have no problem just blocking or muting right. but people with genuine arguments or genuine points I want to hear what they have to say. Right. I think that's. I think it's important not to create an echo chamber as well. Yeah. Which, which, on, in Twitter, you, and I know from years of experience, I've been using it for a long time. There is a danger you do get sucked into um, an echo chamber. It's chamber. so possible. I yeah. actually follow people I disagree with on Twitter just to hear, like, kind of prolific tweeters from mm-hmm. America and stuff that mm-hmm. are, you know, slightly more right wing, and I'd be yeah. a bit of a, a lefty snowflake. Uh-huh. But I follow them just to hear what they have to say. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Did you? Did, did, um, not that it's anything necessarily to do what we're talking about today, but did you, did you have a view about uh, Google and Facebook and their move to restrict or ban um, ads on, on both sides? I mean, I think that's fair game. Okay. Uh, why would you have foreign people interfering mm-hmm. in, a, in a, 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 a referendum or any sort of politics from another country? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's bizarre. So I think, yeah, ban it on both sides mm-hmm. if it is happening on both sides. Do you, um, do you think that um, down the line, some of the... Yeah, it's it's impossible to tell because with the big tech companies, particularly Google and Facebook, they're so big and they're so reactive to geopolitical uh, tensions that they can change their policy fairly quickly. But one of the things that did strike me, not so much about Facebook's move, which was about banning foreign um, ads into Ireland, or and, and they're going to roll that out for elections, general elections mm. as well, and they're going to do it in each country as well. So it's not necessarily just an Irish thing. Google's move uh, and Twitter's move as well, by the way, both of those companies have banned just all ads, non, you know, uh, completely for the referendum. And while I think, uh, well, I can definitely see a, a rationale to, to, to stop misinformation because it's still a sort of a new area. 
there is there is maybe a genuine question moving forward in terms of Google being a prominent digital platform, YouTube being a very prominent digital platform, and censorship. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just wondering. Yeah, you know. I, well, I think there's there's you know there's two types of censoring. There's censoring actual lies and misinformation and then they're censoring facts or uh, actual stories Mm -hmm. so I think it's just about kind of picking what you're Mm -hmm. uh, not even censoring but what you're kind of hushing or not allowing be spread which is fake news and I know there's a big push on on trying to clamp down Mm -hmm. on fake news from publications and from government and stuff so I think if 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 it's if it the aim is to stop misinformation and fake news then that's good but Mm -hmm. no I wouldn't I wouldn't be up for censoring general general, opinions I I think I think what Google is in particular um, and Facebook to a lesser extent is I I think they are very very sensitive to being accused of having interfered negatively in a result uh, oh fully uh, and maybe that has as much to do with um uh, because their big fear is is tighter regulation either in the EU or the US and regulators coming down and say you can or you can't do that because that would destroy or s- severely um, hurt their, their business model. Speaking of business models, um, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you today is you actually spoke uh, briefly at an event that we held about a year and a half ago. It was a thing called DataSec and it was a data security event. We held it in the RDS. You... Um, uh, addressed a, 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 a small to medium sized audience ju- just off the stage and uh, it struck me how kind of relatively together and professional you were in terms of you know turning up doing a gig taking a gig um, and, and and you know delivering what uh, the audience was, was essentially paying for and what they mm. were there to see how do you find how do you find commercializing what you do what, what how, do you find it easy uh, are there opportunities do you have to go looking for to do brands come to you well i i think it, i i feel like i have an advantage because i came from a, a pure industry mm. kind of which was a kind of blend of advertising as well so i was kind of um you know uh working with people like me when i was in pure and i kind of knew how it worked and stuff um but the reason i left my job is because brands were coming to me and saying you know you've built up a following of X amount, would you like to be in our campaign or do you want to involve yourself in our products? Um, So that's how it started. But now I have an agent who kind of deals with that sort of stuff for me. But no, I I haven't found it hard to kind of to melt it on all in my my rule from the get go was always to only work with brands or products that I would genuine generally naturally use myself, um and it's kind of stuck by me. I haven't gotten into trouble <laughs> yet, yeah. um but I think it's about kind of sticking in your lane, playing by the rules, um declaring things when they're ads. I know there's a lot of drama about yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's quite a lot of stuff about that over the last kind of eighteen months to two years. A couple of high-profile celebrities got into trouble. Uh, what's the basic state of play there? Is it, is it just enough to put a hashtag ad in or... or it's just about being transparent. Right. So if, you know, if you're... I fully agree with the ASAI and, and those rules that came in. Of course, ad or, you know, if you're looking on TV, it's very clear when the commercial breaks happen. Um, if you're looking at a, a magazine, it's very clear what the ads are. It shouldn't be any different for someone viewing um, a Snapchat story or whatever because it, they are like... It's like a new version of reality TV or people tuning into their Kardashians or whatever. It's, it's the same sort of thing. So if there's commercial breaks within your story, it should be clear that it is. So, And other than like regulations from the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland or whoever else, mm. would you ha- be aware of or notice any pushback 
any user uh, follower pushback uh, for undeclared commercial? Like, in other words, does it does it actually hurt you if you do something and don't declare it? In, in oh, it does, does, yeah. It? Like, there's there's uh, such a surge in loads of different, like, Facebook groups now. There's an Instagram account called Bloggers Unveiled. Oh, I heard about this. I, I checked it out, yeah, uh, last week. It's yeah. It's quite... Uh, it's, it's a little narky. They don't, they don't hold back. Yeah. A lot <laughs> um, of followers now, though. It's yeah, it's 150,000 followers or something. But in my mind, it, those kind of groups and those pages are like the new like Heat magazine uh-huh. or the, the new version of that for a younger generation. Right. It's where people are getting gossip on their favourite okay. Instagrammers or their favourite bloggers. Um, Do you know who does that account? No, 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 one, do, no one knows. There's a lot of speculation. Uh, a lot of guesses going around the place. Oh, we don't want to fame anyone. I was presumed... I, I Someone oh. thought I was doing it okay. um, but I'm not um, but I, like to be honest it's made a lot of people pull up their socks which I kind of agree with mm. um, now everyone's pretty transparent um, they're declaring when it's an ad um, so yeah it, 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 it has a role in a way because it, it, it's it's a hard thing to enforce um, so these kind of independent you know groups mm. that are popping up here and there that are kind of calling out people when it's mm-hmm. when it's necessary it's like a self-correcting uh, mechanism yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and um so you've you've an agent now, and he or she handles uh, all of uh, all of your business. Yeah. So have you noticed then you you have then a market value the same as as mm. as any uh, professional has that is that rising? Are are you? I'm I'm just assuming that you're making more now than you were when you were uh, working at a PR company. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, but but how is that economy at the moment? It's it's good. Um, like. It, it it's it's working for the people that are kind of have start, said from the start you know working with products and stuff they genuine genuinely would be interested in and um, playing by the rules there's you know I, I i think um there's a lot of people out there who are you know not sure of how things work and they can kind of fall off the bandwagon and get in trouble for things but in general um you know there's always people coming out saying this you know the bubble's going to burst and it's yeah. not going to happen but i think it's just going to transcend like people said blogging was dead 10 years ago and it's not you know it's mm-hmm. just i think the cream always rises so i feel like i can't do what i'm what i'm doing now forever mm-hmm. i think what i'm doing is finite but i'm having a bit of a moment and i'm having fun and brands are are interested in working with me and I mean, i'm loving it but uh, i i don't yeah. think it's gonna i don't think i'm gonna be doing what i'm doing in say five years five years that soon that's i kind of feel so yeah. yeah like i think there's going to be someone new coming up behind me that's you know more interesting than i am or people will just lose interest mm-hmm. in me but i you know i've set up a food brand curbini with william and we're aiming to set up a cafe in a in a couple of months so i think it's important for someone like me or someone out there who's thinking of being someone like me to kind of have something in the background as well because mm-hmm. you just don't like i i live off and i pay my bills because people are interested in me Mm -hmm. that's a simple fact what if one day people aren't interested Mm -hmm. in me or aren't going to watch my stories because my my commodity is views really so if my views aren't going up or you know Mm -hmm. staying at a high well brands don't care about me anymore Mm -hmm. you know they'll go with the next person so that's why i'm kind of aiming for something more finite or you know uh, the the cafe uh, and so, how much of your time then would you divide between the two activities? Are, are, it, it would seem that you know you, you someone will normally follow 
um, the you know the economic premium, the financial premium. So in mm. your case at the moment, that probably is working with brands. How, how do you divide that between that and your future plans for with Curvini? Well, it's social media and me is kind of it's just. Um, it's omnipresent it just right. happens all the time like I was snapchatting on the way here mm-hmm. I'll snapchat when I'm leaving mm-hmm. so it's not it's not something I'm like okay I'll spend three hours today doing social media I'm doing it 24-7 right. as soon as I wake up I'm like interacting with people that are messaging me um, I'm I'm recording William being scared in the morning uh-huh. I, like I'm doing it constantly but I'm also doing you know Kerbini working on the business plan at the moment so I'll d- that's more like formula I'll sit down for you, a couple of hours really a day You must really love all those scare articles in uh, <laughs> mid-market uh, tabloids that, that keep telling people oh you know you're too much screen time you know the, <laughs> you know uh, uh, smartphones are frying your, your kids your kids brain I you know. think all that's like Codswallop. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I, I was only talking about this to someone the other week. Like, when TV came out, mm. we were told it's going to fry our brains. Couch potatoes. Yeah. Mm. When I, cinema even came out, mm. there was articles from from conservative people who thought it was going to warp the nation and blow our brains. Don't video and, games. And video games when were, Nintendo they were, came they out. They turn us all into psychopaths. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, people think, you know, Grand Theft Auto and all is, is, is mm. responsible for shootings. It's just, I think it's just uh, misinformation and people not being educated it, it saying sells, stuff like that. It sells quite nicely though. It does. And, and I, I've, I've seen that. Um I mean, it's not just. I, I mean, I mentioned print some some print press titles there, but also on broadcast and radio and TV. Yeah. it's not hard to carve out a niche for yourself. Um, essentially, being the voice of uh, f- sort of fear or you know uh, techno techno uh, techno scares techno fear. Uh, oh, big to go time! On a yeah, program and say. No, you know, everybody's using Snapchat. This is what you don't know, but this is what parents should know. You know, there's a huge market for that. Yeah. Um, oh, big time. People love a, a good scary story, I do, think. Yeah. And I remember seeing a funny meme and it was like, you know, people don't talk to each other anymore in cafes. Everyone's on the phone. And then there was this picture from like 1940s of everyone on a train with a newspaper up. Like there was about 50 people not speaking to each other reading the newspaper. I know, I know. So I think it's just something new to yeah. complain about is there, smartphones. The, the now. only I, I mean I'm 99% um, in, in your in your corner mm. on that the only thing that I do find and it's not a criticism of the medium and it's not a criticism of people's own habits or, or their desires but there is something slightly dystopian sometimes when no matter where you walk no matter where you sit down you see people doing the same universal paper which is this the, the, the whole time With and maybe <laughs> maybe you're only aware of it if you're if you're going somewhere new or somewhere exotic or you know it's something and, and you know you yourself are open to taking in you know whatever the sites are and then you just see everybody uh, looking at their phone um, and there is something a little bit sort of definitely new maybe not completely positive about that but but overall um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there, it just reminds me hugely because I sat through a lot of that. Um, you know, phones are going to kill you. They're good. The, the radiation's going to melt your brain. Yeah. Video games are going to just going to turn into to a mass murderer. Uh, the internet is just is only about porn. It's not about anything else. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, that whole narrative. Um, and uh, I don't think we'll. 
um, we'll hear hear the end of that. Oh no, and it, it's funny. Like I go on, you know, Claire Byrne and these kind of shows, mm. and I tend to debate with people who are who are very mm. anti-internet. And it's like we never talk about like the the great things that have happened. Yeah. Like I remember when I was fifteen, I came out and I I knew no other gay people. I thought I was the mm. only one, and I found this website belonged to, and I connected with other, with other little gaylings, and we yeah. became friends. And I actually found a, a, an identity with myself, and mm. it was like you know people who were getting bullied in school they can connect with other people online that aren't in real life and make friends that you know they wouldn't be able to make in real life so they're the good stories and that's one of that sort of vibe is one of the reasons why um, the current debate we're having about the digital age of consent in Ireland 13-16 and I think it surprised a lot of uh, kind of middle-brow readers or listeners that so many actually all of the, the child protection bodies and basically the kids' welfare Institute all came out for the lower end, for the 13 age, um, partially because of, of reasons like that, as a means of access to information for, yeah. you know, um, adolescents who are growing up, who, who are trying to find out more and who may not always be in a safe position at home with their parents to yeah. be able to do that in, in, in a very controlled um, environment. But uh, you mentioned Claire Byrne show. I was on the Claire Byrne show about three or four weeks ago and we were on to discuss Fortnite, which is this mobile game. I'm not sure if you've played it or not, but it, it's a it's a video game that has uh, uh, is probably the most popular video game in the world at the moment and recently uh, was uh, ported onto iOS device, onto iPads and onto iPhones. And so kids are, teenagers in particular, are, are spending you know a lot of time on it. But it's actually quite a social game. And there's a deathmatch version of it uh, where you're, you're pitted against 99 other people all playing online. And I was brought on uh, with uh, a child psychologist, David Coleman, who's actually a very nice guy. And we were sort of brought on to... to have an argy-bargy. Yeah, yeah. We, it, it, was, it was expected that we would have different points of view on it, which, which we did slightly. Um, but then when we went, so so I said, listen, uh, it is a video game, but, you know, it's it's actually quite social. And, uh, you know, um, it, it, it's not this is not the same as locking yourself in uh, a basement for for 10 hours. Um, David Coleman said, OK, but there are other considerations here, like maybe kids should be doing other things. But as soon as we went out to the audience, there were quite a few teenagers in the audience. The teens all who were playing Fortnite all said, no, no, you, you guys have it all wrong. Uh, I go home and I play Fortnite, but I'm actually playing with people from school or it's actually quite a social experience for me. It's, mm. it's the opposite to an alienating one or it's an opposite to, yeah. to, to, to it's an opposite to becoming a loner. Yeah. And when you ask real people, you know, about uh, stuff like exactly as you're suggesting, it's very interesting, the different the different truth that comes out to the narrative that sometimes well, that's we spin. It. And I'm part of that the industry that spins that narrative. I, yeah. I'm fully aware of that. You know? Yeah. And just like I go around to schools a lot. Mm. Um, I talk at schools and from hearing like kids who are maybe identifying as trans now once felt completely alone but that they found a kind of silent group of friends around the world who all are going through this experience together Mm. Um, and that goes for anyone who's feeling a little bit like not uh, you know not fully with their identity yet Mm. they can reach out and find this kind of community online and um, actually feel a bit bit, better bit better about themselves and mm. what I love about it is is, is the ease of uh, access or the ease of access to information that's going on in other parts of the world mm. I feel like uh, the younger generation is so much more politically mo- mobile than mm. say I was at age 16 or whatever they're so much more woke as the kids say yeah, yeah. they know what's going on and I think they're it's it's 
it's only going to get better um, mm. because we have such great accesses to information now D- for free. Democratizing tools for free or yeah. for, for, for very little. Um, tell me about Taylor Swift. I did see a picture of you with Taylor Swift uh, the, the other day. Yes. Well, what was that about? I went over to, I'm only back today, went over to Arizona Phoenix to uh-huh. see the first um, show of her Reputation Tour, which is touring the world uh-huh. now. I went over with Expose to do a bit of uh, oh, camera work with them. Okay. Yeah, so we filmed uh, behind the scenes um, and then we were told that uh, we could get a picture with Taylor. So we went backstage, met her. Um, I was wearing snakeskin pants because she her snakes are all about uh, her, her tour. There's right. loads of snake motifs everywhere. Because Kim Kardashian called her a snake on social media. Okay. And then uh, all of Kim Kardashian's <laughs> fans uh, commented snake emojis on her photos. Jeez. And uh, there was loads of drama. So she's basically owning the whole snake thing now. Very clever. And it's all over the concert. So I wore snakes in pants. We had a little chat about my pants. And I got a picture with her. It's yeah. on my Instagram. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was good crack. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you just photo op a few words. Yeah, know, basically. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. um, the show it was on Expose last night, but uh-huh. it's on the player if you want to have a little look. So she didn't. Uh, she doesn't follow you on Instagram then. No, she yet. doesn't. She doesn't follow me yet. No. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to throw a few really uh, superficial, shallow questions at you now. What, what tips? I'm 44. <laughs> what tips from do you have for me if I want to become an influencer? You want to become an influencer? Um, you know. I, when I go to schools, I get asked this question as well. And like, I didn't not plan on becoming... <laughs> not by the teachers. Not by the teachers, no, by the kids. But when I, I didn't plan on becoming one, I just kind of was doing my own thing and I became one. I don't think it, there's a book or a, a list of rules to play by to become an influencer or get following. There's a... Maybe I'll make one, yeah. <laughs> how to become an influencer. No, because I don't believe there is. Yeah. I think just like find an interest or find something and if you're doing it well enough you'll get a following and people will start to tune into you but no there's there's unfortunately no get followers quick tips that you I can give you you mean there isn't a haircut or an outfit I can wear just to be unfortunately oh, not no you are an influencer oh, though God. you are yeah 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 <laughs> go on um yeah, what what do you do? What, how, where do you look for ideas or who do you regard as peers or kind of interesting things to look at or interesting people to follow? Well, food is probably my number one interest. Um, so food and Instagram are like a match made in heaven. Like that's, that's it's the number one consumed uh, content is food. Um, so I love Nigel Slater on Instagram. He's my favorite cook. Um, Neve Shields from Waterford. She lives in London now. Uh, her Instagram is called Eat Like a Girl. It's stunning. Um, I love I love fashion as well. Brian Boy is one of my favorite people to follow on on Instagram. Um, Cardi B I think is the best person on social media. The rapper, she's brilliant. Her Instagram is a joy. It's so funny to follow. So I kind of keep my uh, timeline very um, eclectic. I think you know I have you know one post might be Nigel Slater musing about rhubarb stew or something mm-hmm. and then the next is Cardi B doing some sort of funny rap video and then the next is uh, a nice fashion thing so I think keep your timeline varied mm-hmm. spice of life mm-hmm. very good okay yeah. um, couple, couple of last uh, queries um, what other influences or effects do you think uh, uh, help you or hinder you like um, 
you like are you are things like where you grow up or is any of that any your background is, is that a help or, or a hindrance oh a total help okay. my parents are people who follow me my parents are their favorite thing to watch on my on my on my stories or my instagram or whatever um so i always when i go home for dinner or whatever once a week i'd always film my parents and where i came from and um my my dad's is, is real salt to the earth like big right. tick dublin accent on him uh-huh. and he's he's such a character so he's mm-hmm. great to kind of film and and that kind of thing so no that's definitely it's not a hindrance at all it's kind of it en- enriches and my my so stories so is that it in, in ireland so you, you're almost there's almost a class issue then there like in Ireland class is kind of a funny thing because mm. we don't really have the we don't really have the range of classes that, yeah. that you would talk about in a country like England for example but yeah there is there is still something there you, you know you, you I grew up in a, a, a working class area by and large um but is there is there a grafting element is there kind of a, a hard working element to, to your background is oh definitely yeah like my i was i've been working since i was about 14 my first job was bottling i was in the local pub and i was separating bottles mm-hmm. and i absolutely despised it at the time i remember going in on a sunday i'd work from like 9 a.m to 7 p.m sorting out it's the green bottle shift. the brown bottles and yeah. the white but I think that sense of like work ethic from a very young age was good mm. for me because uh, not that I don't like to sit still, but I love creating. I love thinking up new things to do. I love uh, keeping my fingers in loads of different pies. And I think that's because I was put to work at a young yeah. age. Yeah. Um, um, and that's something my dad ha- made my brother do as well. And my brother is now a really famous MMA so you, coach. And yeah, so he, you're, you're, he's, a, he's, I think he worked with Conor McGregor. He, he is Conor McGregor's trainer. Yeah, yeah people McGregor's know him trainer. as Coach Kavna. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, he's, been grafting at that since he was about 15 yeah and my sister's the same she's a a brand manager for uh, a pharmacy company so we're all kind of we all love work and love doing our bits and stuff and i know people would look at me and they're they're like he doesn't work (laughs) but i do i swear i do as well but i think um i i i I'd 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 hate to admit it, but I'm thankful for my parents for making us work at such a young age. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, listen, James. Thank you so much for for coming in uh, today. Really appreciate uh, your time. Thanks and, for having me. And uh, we will. I'm going to take those tips on how to become an influencer. Just be myself. You're the hasn't, original influencer. Hasn't really worked. Hasn't really worked up to now. Um, that's all we have time for, folks, uh, this week. If you do like this podcast, give it a like or a comment, as that's a way for others to find this podcast on. Uh, various platforms. Uh, other than that, this is me, Adrian Michael, Technology Editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, signing off, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.